Hey, here we are back yet again. Get the people paid. Uh, a couple weeks off, bro. Mostly my fault. Transitioning from the uh, the, the new digs, the new job that I have. So uh, apologies for the little bit of the hiatus. But uh, you've been holding up the fort, though. I'll give you. I'll give you a lot of props on the Twitter page. If you're not following us, if you're watching on the YouTube side, you can see it scrolling in the bottom of the screen. That's at Get People Paid. You can also see our Twitter handles at Mariano underscore Closer and at Mariano underscore One Two One Two. Picks will be posted mostly by Jimmy. I'll give him props. He's the one posting uh, as much as possible right now. But I'm getting back in the swing of things, bro. We are we're in the conference tournament weeks, and we are literally less than a week away from March Madness. But before we break down those, we have a lot to get to in tonight's episode, including a lot of the conference tournaments that are coming up this week. Uh, we'll have reaction to Calvin Ridley news that broke literally hours ago. We are taping this on a Monday night. And then we want to talk a little bit of baseball later in the show, too. That's coming up as well. But I want to give a little bit of props. We love to get props on this show. If you tweet at us with a winner, we'll give you props here on the show every single week. So make sure you tweet at us, and that's our main uh, focus of communications for Godzilla Media and Get the People Paid. So make sure you check us out and all of the other shows that we have going on here at Godzilla Media. And, of course, we will have a episode out next week previewing all four areas of the bracket in the NCAA tournament. But before we get there, bro, I'm going to tell you as you are, if you're watching on this side, he is literally watching a game that he is betting on right now as we take this. And I know if you're listening later in the week, he's, he's betting against Delaware and uh, who is it, bro? Thousand. Thousand. Okay. Right now, game going on in the CAA conference tournament. But uh, And now as he gives us the threes, bro, I'll give you the floor. You can tout your wonderful golf bet this weekend at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Yeah, man. Uh, Scotty Scheffler went into yesterday. Uh, two back of the leader, Victor Hovland. Uh, and I am a big Victor Hovland fan. I actually played him uh, on the, on Twitter. I tweeted uh, him in a three three ball in uh, round two of the tournament. Uh, and he went off, went for six under uh, to get himself up to nine under for the tournament. Uh, but Scotty Scheffler... Uh, I figured he would just fight it and claw as much as he could throughout the day. I didn't like anybody in the final pairing. Um, you know, Billy Horschel was in there, um, but Scotty was going to play next to Victor next to Victor Hovland throughout the day. Scotty started the day at plus five hundred, so our five to one odds. Great for only being two back, and the wind was just howling throughout the course of the day. Uh, and even par was going to be good enough to win it, and that's exactly what he went out and shot. Um, to be honest, you know, I. Gary Woodland comes out and Eagles mm. uh, the 16th, and I'm worried to no end uh, that Scotty, I don't know if he can get another birdie on the board. Uh, he had, he found himself in some trouble on that par five, but then Gary goes uh, double bogey, bogey to finish his day, uh, and Scotty just hung in, you know, parred out, made some clutch pots, some clutch 15 to 20 footers for par uh, that really saved his day and, you know, ended up on top. Mm. And, and honestly, I, I'm looking at it now, bro, where if you look at some of these uh, plays, especially when it comes to the golf, you're looking at certain things, especially live, if you're looking at it, will be very difficult to to kind of handicap unless you're watching the golf tournament. You know, you, you noticed how tough the course was playing. You take a guy that's very solid tee to green and was able to kind of just make pars, plot along the golf course, and then ended up making – just some clutch putts when he needed to. I know he had one for par on 17. And then of course, the way he played the 18th hole was just really smart laying up to the left there, pin high makes the two party. I honestly thought he was going to make the birdie, but 
to, to really uh, solidify the deal. But um, you have the Players' Championship coming up this week, the fifth major, they call it. And uh, I'm excited. I know I'm going to have some selections on Twitter, so make sure you follow that. I know you'll do some research later this week as well. It's a fun tournament to always watch and uh, always exciting with that Island Green. But well done, my friend. Well done. Good call on Scotty Scheffler. And uh, usually you're the golf guy right now, at least uh, so far. But uh, we'll see if that changes as we, as we continue on. Uh, throughout the golf seasons, we're in the very early stages, about le- a month away from Augusta National and the Masters. But before we move on, bro, I, um, I really need to tout a lot of players. I have some people reach out to us on Twitter as well, directly to me, uh, saying they enjoy the podcast. We appreciate you guys listening. Of course, make sure you like, subscribe. Uh, you can always comment, let us know what you like and don't like, stuff, stuff that you're looking for. And I have a little bit of a surprise. We'll have some guests coming on uh, later this month that I'm, I'm lining up. I, I'm not sure exactly the weeks yet, but make sure you stay tuned. We'll have some great guests coming up when it comes to the NCAA tournament and, of course, for the rest of the month of March. But it is March Madness, bro, and that is always going to bring about conference tournament time. And I, I know we want to hit uh, so, some couple other things but I want to start in these conference tournaments and I'll start with Saturday night. Okay. Before we get to the ACC tournament, I know you're ready to tell everyone you're going, you're going to be there exciting at the Barclays center. You will be there, but as Duke fans, let's talk about what we saw on Saturday night, coach K's final game and watching that and his reaction, the way that he took it all in all the alumni there, all the great players, uh, I know I'm a little older, and I recognize a lot of those guys because I watched them play. Uh, it was definitely an emotional night. I know you were emotional before the game because you were watching the Kansas game that was on prior to that that didn't work out in your favor. But your reaction – Listen, got an overtime. Not- Listen, I, I, I almost yep. got there. I couldn't ask for anything else. Yes, I agree. You, get, you, got, you got the overtime you wanted. It just didn't work out exactly uh, how you were looking at it. But – uh, just a couple reactions from you from that game. Not only um, your reaction to Coach K and obviously his legacy going into to his final ACC tournament and NCAA tournament at Duke, but your thoughts on the game. I mean, is Duke that good? Is NCAA, is um, UNC that good? Uh, well, how did you really see that game play out? Number one, you know, credit to ESPN, credit to Duke University. The ceremony itself was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I'm going to – Chalk this one up to a couple of things. Number one, expectations super high going into that game uh, for Duke fans, anybody at that game. I mean, if you're going to spend $5,500 on a ticket to go watch Duke play, I think you're going to expect a W. Uh, The last three games uh, for Duke before uh, previous to this one, Duke shot absolutely lights out. Uh, You're talking against UNC that first time, uh, you know, coming out to that 20-point lead to start the game. You're talking about Syracuse where they just lit it up from three against that zone. And then even against Pittsburgh, they come out to a 20-point lead within the first six minutes of the game. That is not a normal Duke team. A normal Duke team is going to grind throughout the entirety of the game, you know, not have to play or not play with that 20-point lead. UNC just came off of that huge victory against Syracuse. Overtime, they come back, end up pulling it out and actually covering in that overtime against Syracuse, uh, you know, uh, winning by nine in that game. I'm just going to chalk this up to Duke had a lot of expectations and just didn't live up to it in this game. 
Uh, I think the emotions were too high for too many freshman players. And UNC just got to go out and play basketball. They didn't have to worry about anything else. So I think Duke is going to be just fine. I think Coach K sent that message clearly after the game. It wasn't acceptable what happened in that night. But the season prior and the season that's about to be coming up will be acceptable. Uh, so to prove, you know, just to say this, not only is Duke going to be okay, I think that the ACC turn ACC is all them. Mm-hmm. They're at minus one thirty five right now to win the ACC tournament, and that is a phenomenal price uh, considering they're going to be right in the semifinals. Yeah, and then that's something where you, as long as you pay attention to how these brackets work out, it's a big deal for them to be automatically in that double buy into the semifinal round. I, I agree with you. I think it was a lot of emotion in that building that night. You had the whole opening act with him coming out with a line of alumni players, you know, and for not only Coach K, there was a little bit of emotion in him. You could see the beginning of it, but uh, kind of just taking it all in. But for these young players, you are going out there and you know – that everyone is going to remember this game. There is an expectation of this is Coach K's last game. His name is on the court, and you're going to play in his final game that he's coaching there. So I agree with you. I think Duke had a little bit too much. And we talked about this before the game when we had lunch together that we thought that the 11 was a lot. And I know that Duke played really well in that first matchup, as you pointed out. The question then was, could they play that well with that expectation? They didn't. North Carolina came out and played well. It was a higher-scoring game, and I think that's something that Duke will go back and look at if they were to play again in the ACC tournament, which is coming up um, later this week. And you're going. Exciting. You know, going to enjoy to see Duke, you know. And for you've seen a game – a Duke game at Syracuse on the road. This a little bit different, a tournament style atmosphere. And I don't, you've never been to a tournament style atmosphere before. Um, I've covered a couple NCAA tournaments. Uh, it's definitely different. It's, it's a different feel because when you go in, and I believe you told me your sessions, you have the whole day. Mm-hmm. So you have yeah, all four games. Yeah. Yep. So uh, Duke is the noontime game. You have Miami at 2 30. Uh, you have Notre Dame at seven, and then UNC uh, finishes it off at nine thirty, and you know then those games will be figured out uh, tomorrow. Three three uh, ACC games to figure out who's playing who. Yeah, and I know you'll be looking at a lot of those, and it's always a fun tournament to to look at as well. So when you look at um, a team like Duke, they won't play Carolina until the finals if they do. I think Carolina's a dangerous team now. They they gained a lot of confidence on Saturday night, and I get that th- it was a game of emotion. I'm a little worried. I don't know if this can really propel them uh, to make a run in the NCAA tournament. They are the two-seed in the ACC tournament. I looked at a couple mock drafts, and there's a lot of differing opinions on where they have North Carolina. Um, I know a lot of North Carolina fans will be like, wait a second, you know, what about us? We just played a great game. I look at Duke to kind of come out and dominate in the ACC tournament. I agree with you. I think their minus 130 is pretty good odds for you to jump on right now if you want to get them before they win any sort of game going on uh, Friday and then continuing on. Uh, another one in the ACC tournament I will look at too, bro, is a team that will play earlier than both North Carolina and Duke, and that is Syracuse. And after they basically gave away a game this weekend, up 11 with two and a half minutes left, up seven with one minute left in a game where they had to have, not because they needed it as much as 
they couldn't afford to lose the game. And now Jim Beheim's looking at a team that might not make the NCAA tournament. I get that there's so many different ways you look at this because Syracuse is a brand. The, the committee will find a way to put them in if they're the, the 68th to 70th team on the bubble. I just don't think they're good enough. And I know Syracuse fans, Gaz is going to kill me for saying this. He was the one freaking out on Saturday when this happened. In my opinion, I don't think Syracuse is good enough. I don't care if Buddy Bayham's good enough. And I know the local people who listen, Joseph Gerard III, has had some good games so far this year. I just, I'm fading Syracuse, bro. I can't really keep them anywhere near, you know, a thought of winning the ACC tournament nor even getting into the NCAA tournament just the top, off the top of my head. Well, game one, they play Florida State. Uh, Florida State's a team that turns the ball over a lot, uh, you know, and especially playing against that 2-3 zone. You know, I, I like Syracuse in that first game, but after that, teams are going to be ready for them. You know, these teams uh, in the ACC have already faced Syracuse a couple times this season, uh, and I think that everybody else will kind of just be ready. Florida State is just very down this year. Uh, like I said, turns the ball over a lot. So I think going into this ACC tournament, look for Cuse to put on a little bit of run uh, run in game one, uh, but I think they'll fizz, fizzle out quite quickly uh, when they have to face Duke uh, in the second round of the uh, ACC tournament. I know that. Yeah, I agree, and I think that'll be – Go ahead, bro. No, I, I, I agree. We think that's something you can look at for earlier matchups. And I know if you're playing a game-by-game, and I know we'll break this down a lot more next week when we're breaking down the brackets in the NCAA tournament, we'll look at some of those early round lines and kind of where we think the, you know Vegas is messing up and where we can make some money. I think that's something you can look at, too, earlier in the ACC tournament if you want to find some special games that you like in those lines, too. So I, I agree with you. Um. Now that I'm looking at the way that the bigger ones, you're looking at ACC, uh, Big 12, um, I know you have some selections that you like coming into some of these tournaments. And uh, one that you know, I was lucky enough to tail last year when I had uh, uh, Illinois, that was a really good one for me. Um, it seems like you're on them again this year. Is that right? Absolutely. Back-to-back, uh, -back, plus 370, uh, big win against Iowa and not only did they win, it was the way they came back. Uh, Iowa came out firing, uh, had 42 quick points in that first half, uh, and Illinois just weathered the storm. They stayed in the game uh, and played phenomenal defense in that second half uh, and really just stuck to it. Now, I liked Purdue all year, um, but – Zach Eady and Travion Williams are just not meshing the way that I thought they would. Now, they can obviously get a team into foul trouble, especially if they go up against Illinois, if Kofi Coburn gets in trouble early going against Williams and Eady. Um, however, Illinois being able to shoot the three the way they can, um, you know, the guys for Purdue have just not been shooting it as well as they were earlier in the season. So I'll take a guy like Plummer. Um, you know, being able to shoot the three all day for Illinois. And, you know, I think plus 370 are great odds. Yeah, especially in a lot of these other conference tournaments, the bigger ones you can find, as much as we just touted Duke in the ACC tournament, you can find some pretty good value in these other ones because 
some of these bigger tournaments, the bigger teams, the Baylors, the Iowas, they're already in. They don't need to win these conference tournaments. They're playing for seeding purposes. And, and, and obviously, they're student-athletes, so they want to win at all costs. They want to win a, a conference tournament just to say that they can and, and say they have that automatic bid. But there's no doubt you can go through all of these big-time tournaments that are this weekend between the ACC, the Big 12, you know, the, the, the Big 10. You can find some teams that are still good, top 25 teams, to really try and make some money on. And I know there's some teams, especially in, like, the Big East, there, there are some teams in there that I think can make a run going into next week, too, in the NCAA tournament. you got teams like Providence, and you've liked them most of the year. I know that. And teams like Villanova as well, I think they can make some some serious runs, no doubt about it. But for me, I, I look at this week as, as almost a study. And you know me after this past weekend when it's been a, a lot of prep races for the Kentucky Derby. I take this as more of I'm studying for who I like when it comes to next week when the brackets come out and who can really make a run in the NCAA tournament. And one of those teams that really could make a run, if you're watching on our uh, YouTube side right now, as we talk about conference tournament week here on get the people paid Jimmy Mariano alongside with Brian Mariano. And we are coming to you getting ready for NCAA tournament week as we'll have a big time episode next week, along with all of our colleagues here at Godzilla media, make sure you follow us there and go online at GodzillaMedia.com, And of course, follow us on Twitter. As you get there at get people paid and Sienna bro back tournament coming up. They are the three seed Iona a team that's been touted all year for being as good as they are, and they are the number one seed. They get uh, the the bye. They will play the winner of game one, which is Ryder Manhattan. This starts tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon. You can watch these games on ESPN+. Plus. The final is on ESPNU on Saturday at 4 o'clock. But right now, Sienna's the three seed. Iona is the clear-cut number one. And they've been touted all year as being the best team in the MAC. I know that Sienna has really come on lately. They're getting healthy at the right time. They will, I guess, luckily enough, not play out until the final if that's the case. Because right now, Mammoth and Niagara are the four and five seeds. St. Peter is the two seed. Um, I know there was talks before the loss earlier this season for Iona to Fairfield. Would they? Get in. We had this years ago, bro. I don't know if you remember the bench mob from Monmouth and how great they were when you were able to watch them. Would Iona get in even with, you know, would Iona be able to get there even if they were not to win the MAC tournament? And then they lose to Fairfield. That that took that right away. Um, chances for Sienna in this one, bro. I, I know that I, I tend to be the guy that follows the uh, – the Mac and America East a little more often. I think Sienna's got a heck of a chance here. It's one game, Atlantic City. I know every everyone outside of the immediate capital region couldn't stand that this game was played um, at the uh, MVP arena now when Sienna won it. But they haven't won it in almost 20 years when it was at the MVP arena. Now you're at Boardwalk Hall down in Atlantic City. I truly see this as a Sienna and I own a final, and I think Carm's team is playing really well right now. I would love to see what that updated line would be going into Saturday morning. And I know that we can't play here in New York, but if you want to venture outside of New York to try and get to this game, I definitely would because if Sienna could definitely be a four, five-point underdog if that game is played on Saturday, I see them having a heck of a chance here. Um, I looked at a couple sites offshore to see where you could find Sienna at. 
to win the MAC tournament. Everything I've seen is right around five or six to one. Uh, St. Peter's is right around that three and a half to four to one. And Iona is a big favorite there. There, there were minus 180, even minus 200 in some books that I saw. So um, definitely something I would look into. Um, I know you're going to be down more focused on the ACC. I will focus on some of the picks in the MAC. So again, make sure to follow us on Twitter at get the people paid and get people paid at Mariano underscore closer at Mariano underscore one, two, one, two. All right, bro. One more question for you before we move on to some other things here. And we'll have all college basketball next week. I'll have an update too on some of the prep races uh, for the Kentucky Derby. Um, Some pretty good ones this week. There are some good ones coming up next week as well. Uh, So we'll break those down as well. And You see the question here. I prepped you a little bit on this before the show. The question for me is, is this the most wide open NCAA tournament in your recent memory? Now I'm talking George Mason runs. I'm talking Florida Gulf Coast runs. I'm talking Sister Jean and Loyola Chicago runs. Is this the year where Gonzaga is the number one overall seed looks like right now and there's some pretty good teams in the top 10? Would you bet your money now on those teams in the top 10 or would you like a big run from some other team like an Iona or, or some conference tournament winner in some of these other smaller ones? You know, I'd be looking at a couple inside the top 10, but I I absolutely think that it's wide open. Uh, You know, I'm not, I'm going to have to wait to see when the bracket comes out, you know, the favorable matchups that teams have for sure. But Gonzaga, I, I do not think is as good as they uh, as people hype them up to be. I don't think that they should any be anywhere near uh, number one in the country, especially after that loss to St. Mary's, uh, which was not tweeted out, but tweeted out after the game. The conversation that we had, uh, <laughs> that St. Mary's was going to win that game. I love that I you did, saved that. I love. I it. did. I love that. You I did. did I did question myself. Uh, you know, while saying it, but at the same time, I did say Whoa. St. Mary's has a great shot. Uh, Wait a no, second. Wide we haven't open. been out here in a few weeks. Hold on, hold on. We haven't been out here in a few weeks, and I know what we talked about some of the Super Bowl bets. We did pretty well in those. I know I, I touted a lot of um, the Rams, even though it ended up pushing, depending on some of the books you had. But you didn't preface when you sent out that tweet of. All of the all of the ones you said to me. I said them all out. out. It was all, all the same. It was all in the same tweet. Oh come on! This is what I get from him, listeners. Okay, all the listeners out here and get the people paid. This is what I get from him every single night, and he's still cheering on this CAA matchup in the background. I get just a bunch of tweet uh, text. Hey, what are you looking here? What about this one? What about this one? What about this one? So unless you're like a half unit better, where you're going to play all eight of his bets all day, you're in for quite a ride. And I hope. I, I hope you guys at some point, I've said this in a couple episodes, you get a chance to go out and watch a game that Jimmy Mariano has money on. It, you, it is free entertainment. You don't even have to bet the game. You can just sit back and watch, and you'll get every bit of what you paid for. It is fantastic. But well, if we're gonna, I'll give you credit, bro. You called it out. If we're going to backtrack a little bit, I would also love to talk about my live in-game tweets uh, uh, at the Tampa Bay Lightning game. Uh, by the yes, way, throw, that's throw right. off the camera for that over at the end of the first period. I go, oh, 20 <laughs> seconds yet left. Love to show the, you know, the viewers what we got. And boom, third goal scored in the first period. And I'm like, oh boy, are we in for fun or what? Uh, and that's exactly what we were. 
in for fun is right. And, and no doubt about it. You've been holding up. I'll, I'll tout this whole episode. You've been holding up the Twitter and no doubt. I'll, I'll get myself back on that uh, as soon as possible. But you think this is an NCAA tournament that's pretty wide open. I'm just looking at teams and, and not for so much a gambling uh, wise, because I know everyone does brackets. You're looking for that upset. And, and this has always been a take of mine for years. Always been. People love Cinderella's until you have to watch the game in the final four. (laughs) Nobody loves watching Loyola Chicago play San Francisco or Florida Gulf coast in the final. You don't. And I'm telling you, you don't because the the ratings say so. And if you're out there, you can hit us up on Twitter. You get me personally or at get people paid. You don't love it. You don't love watching these matchups late in the elite eight and final four. If Oregon's playing Florida Gulf coast, you're not watching. If Duke's playing Kentucky, you're watching. Okay. Kentucky's playing UCLA. You're watching. You want these blue bloods in the final four. You love the upsets on Thursday and Friday or even Saturday of that opening weekend. You don't love them after that. I'm telling you, you're wrong. If you tweet at me and you say this, you're lying to yourself and to us. That's all I'm saying. That's my little rant on that. I agree with you. I think this is a pretty wide open NCAA tournament. I think we're going to have a lot of uh, chances to pick some really good odds for for this tournament uh, next week. But in my opinion – Watch out. I, I got, oh, you got three. three? You want to fire away three. early? Listen, I mean, a, a, as a Duke fan, I do think that this is a year where they can go far. I know that having a lot of freshmen might hurt them in the long run, but I'll still take them at the 12 to 1 odds. At plus 1,200, I definitely think it's worth the play. Uh, you know, probably going to be a two seed, but if they, if they can also grab the one, you know, even better. Uh, there's two other teams. And one is, you know, the team that's going to be winning the Big Ten, hopefully at their plus 370, is Illinois' 35-1, to a team that can play defense, that can shoot the lights out, and has a great post presence in Kofi Coburn. Please, please, please do not overlook this team. And then uh, the other one I know that you're going to laugh at me for because I've been uh, all over them since last year, and they have hurt me, especially against the spread this year. But I cannot seem uh, to get away from Alabama, especially at sixty to one. I just love, I love the style of play. They are up and down the court. They shoot thirty to forty threes a game, and all they need is a three four game stretch where Jaden Shackelford and Javon Quinterly are lighting it up from the outside, uh, and they'll be right where I need them to be. Mm. It- <laughs> I can't believe you're on Alabama again. I just, I can't. You, you are, I, I swear to God, you were a phenomenal for picking them last year. Absolutely phenomenal. I couldn't believe you were all over them. But you have to let it go. They're not going to win it. And I'll tell you what, if, if we're sitting here four weeks from now and they're playing in the national championship or they win the national championship, I will eat my words. I will. Because at 60 to 1, I will never talk you off of playing them. But I can't, I cannot see it happening. They've burned you so many times this year, and you're like the ex-girlfriend that just won't go away. You're there coming back every single time. Once they say they're sorry, they're there for you, and you'll be there. But God bless you. I I, I don't know where I'm gonna go in this tournament yet. Um, but I just don't I don't think it's gonna be Alabama. Let, let's put it that way. I, I don't really think I'll ever play Alabama. So you're on your own on that island. Hopefully. I would say hopefully you win because that means I lose. But, you know, hopefully someone listening will be able to win if they were able to do it. I'll buy you a beer. I'll have a nice little paycheck coming my way. It'll be all right. 
Oh, is that what it'll be? Okay, I get a beer out of it. That's that's usually what I get out of your big wins. That's good. That's nice. Oh, uh, you're listening to Get the People Paid here on Godzilla Media. We want to love our sponsors at Johnstone Supply, of course, Mohawk Honda, uh, doing a great job. And DraftKings, that's where we get all of our lines. DraftKings coming back here for the NCAA tournament. Make sure you check out those lines and check out the promo code 518. If you're jumping in and you want to play in the NCAA tournament, you can do that on DraftKings. That is where we get all of our lines here on Get People Paid. And, bro, we had a lot of basketball in this episode so far. We're going to change gears a little bit here and – Two topics that are very prominent, especially today for one, and very prominent that has been for the last two weeks. We'll start with the one that's prominent today as well, and that is the news of Calvin Ridley. And no doubt for us is a big story because, one, NFL, two, we are a gambling podcast, and Calvin Ridley was found out today that he was caught gambling on games uh, last season while he was hurt. He was not playing in the games which also, I don't know how you feel about that, if that changes your opinion on this or not, but he has been suspended for the upcoming 2022 NFL season. Uh, your thoughts, one, on the suspension, and two, um, your thoughts of just him gambling as a player in the NFL. Yeah, I, you know, a lot of things are up in the air. I mean, especially with this news just coming out a few hours ago. You know, in my opinion – NFL does what they have to do to you know, try to keep the integrity of the game. In my opinion, Calvin Ridley not playing, I'd be like, okay, you know, not a big deal. He can't influence the game. Um, however, you don't know what these NFL players know. They're obviously friends with one another. Um, you know, in order to keep the integrity of the game uh, and integrity of, of sports gambling, uh, I think that NFL did the right thing. Calvin Ridley, unfortunate, you know, he, he tweeted how much he spent. I'm not a gambling addict. It was only $1,500, you know, it was just for fun. Um, but at the end of the day, you can't do it. Um, you know, I, those rules are in place uh, for us fans, you know, so that we get an even game. But who knows how much they're rigged to begin with? You know, we'll sit, we'll sit there at the end of the game and say, well, how did that happen? That shouldn't have happened that way. They shouldn't have fouled with only 13 seconds left and down 10. They knew the game was over. So there's just certain aspects of the game that you're like, well, somebody knew something on the other side. Somebody had something. So yep. where Calvin Ridley fits into this situation, I don't know yet. And I don't think that we will ever get to know that. Um, but NFL does what they have to do. And, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, and I'm struggling with this one, man. I'm struggling with it because the NFL just comes off a season where they're literally pumping every casino mobile app down your throat in every single game for the entire season. That's what they do. Every single commercial break. That's what you're doing. Okay. Now I have a real issue with it's it is what it is okay because my question to you is if Calvin Ridley goes to Vegas okay and he places something up let's just say he plays 500 on the Falcons to win the Super Bowl next year okay plays the NFL championship what is that a problem to you no okay so now the we are we are teetering on the edge of Pete Rosing this because exactly. he is playing football and gambling on football games. Now I understand we don't want to compromise the integrity of the game. I completely understand what you're saying there. Makes a lot of sense. 
But we are now going down a slippery slope with these NFL players who now we have a NFL team in Las Vegas. Are they leaving the game and then going to casinos? Are they sending Joe Schmo, you and me, to go to the casinos and place these bets? Like, th- well, this is just we, something that we don't know that anyway. We won't know that anyway. So is it happening? Probably. Right. And that's what I'm saying. I feel like this is already something that is happening right now. And Calvin Ridley is just young and stupid and found it, it was it was caught. <laughs> but it just it found it's just such a slippery slope to me if people are naive enough to think that this isn't already going on. Because I feel like it's already going on. It's just not out there. And I no, do I think that you know Matthew Stafford is throwing interceptions because he has the under in the game? No, I don't think that's the case. Um, do I think that NFL players are betting on their teams to win games? Yeah, I think they are. I, I think there are there are players out there that are sending Joe Schmo, cousin, friend, whoever, to go to whatever casino or use on whatever mobile app to play these games. I really think that it's it's something that is going on, and it's something that you find out and you feel like there's no way. But right now, you're – the NFL, there's a big time integrity issue now with this coming out because now it's out there. It, we, it, it was backroom talk from all of us gamblers saying, oh, we uh, de- definitely something Calvin Ridley had on this game. How do you drop that ball? He was wide open, blah, blah, blah. But now it's out there that he was. So you, you're really going to start questioning these guys because you now have proof, and there's only been five guys ever to be suspended in the NFL for gambling. Calvin Ridley, the latest one. So I don't know how the NFL is going to snowball this. And you know what? Maybe we are naive, bro. Maybe because in September of next or this upcoming year, when all this goes away, we'll still be there at 1 o'clock or whatever that opening night game is on a Thursday night, ready to go watch football. We will because that's what we do. And we will be ready to gamble on it. Even though we might think that this is still happening, we still will do it. Because we're naive and we love doing it, so I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm such. It's so fresh in my mind that I think it's just such a slippery slope that I'm trying not to overreact. But here I am ranting for four minutes over something on it. So well, yeah, you know, I, I'm it, definitely ranting. I don't know if it makes you feel any better. I did just go two for two in that Delaware Townsend game. Uh, Delaware plus the five points. Forget about it, bookies. We don't need your points. We went on the up in Delaware over 66 and a half points. Gotta love it. Man, you know, there, there's no doubt that we don't care about touting anything on this program. And feel free if you are following and you are winning, tweet at us. Tweet at your winning picks. Throw it out there. Let us know. We will tout you on this program. Absolutely. We want everyone to win. We are here to try to make sure not only Jimmy is touting his picks on every single thing that he plays. Even though he went on a little bit of a cold streak last week, we won't talk about that. But we can talk about that. It happened, and, and, it, and it wasn't me. It was Tom. Izzo it wasn't as bad as my. It was Dixon Tom Izzo of Michigan State went on a cold streak, and that they got on my last nerve. It wasn't as bad as my Knicks one with the two unit play, and then they don't show up at all in that play. It was it was so bad, but yeah, we we've definitely had a few of the stinkers over the last couple of weeks, but it's definitely been a winning. Uh, last month for for both of us, no, not about that. But so moving from not only us gambling and you gambling and Calvin Ridley gambling, but right now there's no gambling on baseball, bro. Because right now there's no baseball. The uh, owners you and haven't the touched college baseball yet. 
No, I haven't looked at many college baseball games. So, you know, shout out to you, Albany, though, man. Shout out to, they have been playing really well over here to start. Uh, traveled down to Georgia. Then they've uh, played rather well the last two weeks. So shout out to, to Bam Bam Mueller and, and the uh, U Albany Great Danes starting off pretty hot there um, in the America East. But right now, you meet again yesterday. So we're taping on Monday. That was Sunday. And the two sides seem just as far apart as they did uh, a week ago when this broke down, bro. We're looking at a, a, the second longest work stoppage ever in Major League Baseball. So we might be gambling on KBO games again right now that we were doing during the pandemic. That's the rate we're going right now. I don't want to wake up at 4.30 in the morning again. I really don't. <laughs> the KBO, man, just always play the, the – uh, was it the Dino or the Dinos? And yeah, then, uh, the Dinos. Just play the overs <laughs> in every game. That's it. We all know if you're listening to this program, you know exactly what we're talking about. Oh, man, those overs at 15 and a half, they were selling for fun. But talking baseball, bro, we're looking at – I'm serious. We're looking at probably June before we're seeing some baseball right now because both sides are very far apart. The players looking for more money, uh, not only from the top level, but from um, the middle level, the the, uh, Major League Baseball looking for more teams to go into the playoffs – and then looking at that format as well. So there's just a lot still on the table that they haven't figured out. And for me, you have everything that we don't talk politics on this program. I'm just going to briefly mention you have everything that's going on across the other side of the world. And right now, these two sides are at wit's end over money. It looks really bad for their product. And right now, I'm a big baseball guy. You're a big baseball guy. But how many people are big baseball people coming up right now? Baseball's not really thriving like the NFL is, like the NBA is, like the NHL is. They are creeping down the list of people in the priority of people watching. One, because the season's really long, and right now it's not going to be very long because this is the second longest work stoppage since 1994. I'm really worried about this baseball season. Yeah, I mean, I guess we can hope to hope that – People will miss it. I, I'm starting to, you know, feel that point right now because this is supposed to be that time of year where you start getting everything. You know, you have NHL, you have college basketball, college baseball, MLB, NBA. You have all of these different things going on. Maybe not having baseball for this beginning of the season, we can have sports fans sitting back and being like. Wow, you know what? Maybe I didn't miss watching that inning or two uh, in that Yankee game or in that Red Sox game up here in the Northeast. You know, maybe they will have that. I know for me, I have been trying to get into uh, college baseball a little bit more. You know, th- there's a little bit more liveliness. You know, the kids are out there having fun. Um, but at the same time, it's nothing like watching MLB and you know seeing your favorite players, uh, and, you know especially in the beginning of the season, you know how your team is going to fare uh, throughout the course of it. So, you know, I, I guess I am going to be hopeful that people are going to miss it and it will help baseball in the long run. I, I hate that this is over money, and but I'm also hating conversations that well, I. Well, it's hear. always going to be over money. <laughs> well, but I'm also hating conversations that I hear. Uh, you know, day to day from other people saying, oh, you know, like these players don't make enough. And, and I, I agree that these players obviously make a lot of money, but this is about those lower end guys. This is about the guys that mm-hmm. you know are on the team for only half the season or, you know, don't play very much. These owners are the ones making the millions and millions of dollars. Uh, no, and- we're billions, billions of dollars they make. 
Yes. Okay. Uh, to the point where, you know, they're just trying to help, help out the lower end. They're, they're not trying to that top tier being like, Oh, you know what? I need my extra 10 million a year. That's not what Mm -hmm. it's about. Uh, but you know, somewhere they got to meet in the middle somewhere, hopefully sooner rather than later. I don't know, man. I think that both sides are at wit's end right now. And and I really think that the players are, they're fed up and, and I get that, you know, the players are actually divided. Buster only came out and said that they are divided in a way where Max Scherzer and those guys are looking for the $45 million for them because they're the big time players. But ultimately you're fighting for the guys that want to make 750 grand a year. And with major league baseball already taking out short season, single a baseball, they're looking at taking more games and more levels of baseball out, which really will bolster up the independent leagues. But what are you going to do now when you only have a double A and a triple A team? How are you going to draft all these players coming out of college or out of high school? It's just, a, it's really bad right now. And baseball doesn't look good because of it. And I know you're hopeful that maybe I'll miss watching a game in May and it'll bring me back to watching again. I don't know, man, because you're really ticking off a lot of – you're ticking off the diehards. You had the diehards already wanting to watch this. Now you're losing them over this labor fight. It's not good. It's not good at all. That leads to this question, though. Do you think that there are too many levels in baseball? That's a good question. Um, do I think there were? Even as bad as it is, as we had a short season single A team right here in the capital region with the Tri City Valley Cats? No, uh, I, I don't. I don't because right now, when you look at a baseball team and with the 26 players expands when it comes to, to uh, September, you have so many guys that go right up through. Like if you're a big time prospect, you go right up through to double AA, A, triple A, you're there. If you want to restructure it, which that looks like Major League Baseball is doing, you already got rid of single-A ball. Now you only have double-A. What if these guys who are career double-A guys, now you take that away? Now they go play independent baseball, and they're not associated with the New York Yankees or the Los Angeles Dodgers or whatever team it may be. I don't think that's a good look for baseball. You want to make sure that, and I understand Major League Baseball is coming back at me and saying, well, we have to pay for all this stuff. We have to pay for these payrolls. We have to pay for all this. And there's more overhead. You're right. There is. No doubt about it. But you have to understand that that is something that people here would tell. I watched Jose Altuve play here in Troy. I watched guys like that come through. Now you're not going to have that anymore. It looks bad on Major League Baseball. It's all about money, and that's why it looks bad, because it's all about money. It's not for – if you turn – if me and you were commissioners of Major League Baseball tomorrow, we love baseball. The idea is to do whatever's best for baseball. It's not about money. But once you get to that level, that's what it becomes, and that's why it looks bad, because both sides are just worried about the money and not for baseball as a whole, and that's why I'm worried. But, bro, it's been a fun episode. I know – I've made it a little more impromptu than we normally want uh, with the work schedule. I'm working that out. We'll be back and ready to go next week. And we have a huge, huge week upon us. Follow us on Twitter at get people paid. You can follow Jimmy on Twitter at Mariano underscore one, two, one, two, myself at right before we end closer. Right before we end, I just wanted to throw out, I had a couple of, of those plays for the conference tournaments that I didn't get to. And I just want to throw them out. 
Uh, one, two, Yo, three. Hit him out there, man. Hit him out yeah, right the door. so number one, we had already talked about ACC. I think it's Dukes to lose. Minus 135 is a great price. In the Big Big 12 action, two teams I'm looking at. Kansas is your one seed. They're at two to one. And then you have Texas Tech at plus 350. I think that they're being overlooked right now, especially with that great defense. Don't be uh, shocked if Texas Tech comes out and wins the Big 12. SEC, obviously, in my opinion, wide open. I know Kentucky's the big favorite at plus 190 right now. Arkansas was down by more than 26 to Tennessee and comes back and almost pulls off the uh, unbelievable comeback. They're at plus 750 right now to win the SEC. Them, and then if I like Bama to win it all, I sure hope that I like them to win the SEC. So they're at 15-1. to Listen, with how short conference tournaments are, you have to, uh, some of these teams might only play two to three games. Yeah, I'm going to take mm-hmm. my odds at uh, plus 750 or plus 1500 if all they have to do is win three games in a row. Uh, and then, you know, just finishing off that Big Ten, Illinois plus 370, those are the conference tournament picks. Make sure you follow those. Those are the ones given out right here as we find our way out the door here, bro. And uh, you're doing a great job on Twitter. Keep that going. Uh, make sure you like and follow us, subscribe, uh, reach out to us in any way possible. We will uh, make sure we touch you here on the program and uh, keep up the good work here. Forget the people paid, bro. Appreciate it, man. Bringing the uh, fire as always with those picks. Keep up the big ones for this week with the Players' Championship. Plenty of action out there with the conference tournaments. And, of course, we will see you at the wager window, ladies and gentlemen. Best of luck this week in conference tournaments. We will see you next week as we look at the NCAA tournament and March Madness. Have a great week, everyone. We'll talk to you next week.